Hello, everybody, and welcome to the season finale of Feel Good Parenthood. You lucky ducks have got all three of us today. So this one is Steph. I'm, I'm Courtney. Emma. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? We just can't get it together. No, it's a train wreck. But we're all here at the same time, so it's a good start, right? Yeah, you know, we're having Very fun, so that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, this episode, we decided that we would put the content out to you guys. We've asked some questions on the Feel Good Parenthood Instagram, as well as our own Instagrams. And we've come up with a few questions. So we are just going to be chatting through those. Um, there's a real mixed bag in here, so it should be fun. Mm. Mm. A real mixed mixed bag. bag. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Way to topic hop. Yeah. Yeah, and we also haven't prepared at all, guys, so this could go anywhere. (laughs) This is just going to be like mum rants in the wild, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Zero preparation. Yeah, so go get a a bevy and um, let's get into it, shall we? Okay, so our first question. Yeah, yeah, you know, we will be. So, (laughs) Our first question is how the bloody hell do we regulate our emotions when we have a small child screaming at us all day? Good question. God, it's a good question. (laughs) I wonder if we can bottle that and sell it. Is there like some kind of potion that we can take or (laughs) what? Just like asking asking for a friend. Um, Yeah. Be right back. I'm that friend. Yeah, um, um, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is such a huge topic. And I think we talk about this sort of stuff all the time because it's not something like it's not as though you're going to find one thing that's going to work for you and to mm. work for your child every single time. It's oh, really mm. about building out a toolkit um, of all of the different tools that you can have at your disposal. And I know it's something that, you know, even I've talked to court about because hell, I've got young kids and very honestly, sometimes that question could be coming from me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But one thing that we have found that has really, really helped um, us and our kids, obviously we probably understand it a little bit differently to their kids, but um, is those deep breathing exercises. Yeah. Um, Sorry, go. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, they're, they're a real game changer in our household. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. And I know, you know, they're, they're teaching them even in childcare these days, but they're doing like the finger breathing. So you're deep breathing mm-hmm. in and out and tracing your fingers. And it's something that I'm finding works really well with both a three-year-old and a six-year-old and really good for me at 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one for all the ages. Absolutely. hundred percent. I think... There's obviously a difference as well, right, between the things that are going to work in the moment and the things that are going to work long term. And I don't think that either of them are more important than the other because you can't have short term strategies in place like finger breathing or, you know, staring at a wall or counting bricks or whatever it is that calms your kid down and you down if you are not also taking those steps to Fill your cup. Yes, we're talking about it again. The self-care. Yeah, yeah, here we are again. If you haven't listened to Emma and I's rant on self-care versus self-love from the other week, <laughs> highly recommend. I'll tell you what yeah, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, even I listened back I, to that one. <laughs> uh, I think I've, I like everybody's got a, an, um, 
amazing amount of patience when they start their day. So quite mm. often I find like any any parent anywhere in the world generally starts their day off feeling quite patient, quite calm, quite centered, quite grounded. But when it's something that is like a near constant, by the end of the day, you can fully understand and have compassion for yourself and understanding that what you're dealing with is really shit hard. And oh. by the end of the day, <laughs> it's okay if you lose your mind just a little bit because it's yeah. heavy and it's heavy and it's heavy and it's heavy. Yeah, or a lot. <laughs> and we know, and we've spoken about it before, the whole, um, we only have to get it right 30% of the time mm. to still have a good connection and a really secure attachment with our kids. So yeah. I think it's really important just to give yourself a really big kind of hug to yourself, mm -hmm. to your own, you know, your own, give yourself some love and some compassion and just know that like you're actually doing a really outstanding job. And the fact that you're even aware that you need to regulate yourself before, you know, engaging with your child or whatever, like that's half the work done, you totally. know? Mm, I saw, yeah, um, awareness. I saw a, yeah, absolutely. I saw a post on Facebook today and it was talking about the child um, was hitting and kicking and punching and, and ripping hair out. And I was like, dude, walk, walk away. Like if you told them to use gentle mm. hands, you are allowed to take yourself out of that situation. She's like, mm. but I've read that it's withholding love. And I was like, sis, no, you don't have to no. be a punching bag. I was like, you've tried the gentle Fuck. hands. You've tried the, you know, the please don't hit mommy. It hurts holding their hands, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you are literally better to take yourself out mm. of that situation. She was like, I locked myself in the bathroom and they screamed at the door for three minutes. Like what the hell? And I was like, dude, that's okay because that is yeah. honestly better than you absolutely losing your ever-loving shit on your child and then absolutely. having to go back and try and repair that with an almost two-year-old. Understand when you say, "Oh, sorry, honey, just... mommy just lost her shit." Like this child isn't even two, and I was just like, "You know, like leave, leave them, leave, like just yeah. walk away." And it's also like, it's also that teaching by example, like, you know, mm. obviously at that age, it's going to take a very long time for them to have the skills to replicate, but we're teaching them that if somebody is abusing you aggressively, you yeah. need to mm. think personal safety and remove yeah. yourself from that situation. I'll it, withdraw myself from, I'll withdraw love from anybody who's pulling yeah. my hair. I don't care how old they are. But <laughs> it's it's right. just a simple thing of, of like setting a bloody boundary. Like it's mm. not okay to hit your mum. Like that's yeah. not acceptable behaviour. That is a non-negotiable in your house. Then yeah. don't allow it to happen. You're allowed to yeah. walk away. Don't be and a freaking punching bag. It's totally. That's so, and this, this is gentle parenting circle thing is what kind of really like so much of it is good. And then you fucking lose me mm. with that shit. Like you have yeah. to be able to have tools and mm. strategies to be able to yeah. put the boundaries in place. That's yeah. Yeah. You cannot That's sit we there and be boundaries. a punching bag. Yeah. You can't sit there and be a punching bag for 12 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, plus the overnight wakes if they're still doing that too. Like, I think it's it's mm. just so important that you are forgiving yourself for that. And if you've walked away once in the day when things like that are happening, mm. mate, that's not like if withdrawing love is literally when you don't love them at all and you're not giving them cuddles. Yes, yeah, so not, days, so not so the same different. thing. <laughs> so different. My kids will come up to me and be like, mummy, mm. my, my five-year-old at the moment, bless his heart, he's just like, mummy, I love you so much and I just want cuddles and I'm like... <laughs> it's like the 40th time in 10 minutes and I am not oh. a touch love language. I love you, <laughs> but mama needs a break. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That is yes. okay. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. 
Exactly. But I think going back to that that question is like how are you going to regulate your own emotion it is actually in those situations, especially if you're finding like it's quite um, you're in the thick of it, like you're seeing mm. the screaming happening all the all the time. Yeah. It's okay to remove yourself. It it's is, okay yeah. to say, I can hear you screaming. I can see that you're upset. I'm going to take a break mm. and then I'm going to come back and check on you yeah. um, because you actually don't have to stop your day and stop everything to enter into this battle with your child you're allowed mm. to just let them let it out yeah and then start doing the, those alternative teachings when all is calm um yeah yeah I mean, and that we've teaches got a screamer in our house so oh, <laughs> I get yeah. yeah it teaches them as well to respond not react right like if you're constantly yeah. like oh i need to stay in this situation until it's resolved yeah. i think that's that's not a good place to be because that's where you grow up with adults who cannot walk away from a situation and they get all emotionally charged and they go and just take it out on whoever's closest and rather than sort of going I have to deal with this right now. Give yourself the space to be like, okay, I'm going to walk away and I'm going to decide how I'm going to respond, not react. And that, Mm. my friends, Mm. is probably going to completely change the game for you because Mm -hmm. rather than coming from this place of like, oh, I'm all emotional and I'm emotionally unregulated, you can go away, calm your shit, Mm. go out and deal with it. Like, And it's just that modelling to your child as well because if they're seeing you doing that on repeat, then hopefully in time they're going to go, oh, I'm feeling really angry. I'm just going to go and take myself away for a minute and then try again. You know? It does. It's and good. Especially good if one. your kids are a bit older, they they mm. pick up and they mimic oh, it yeah. so fast, like mm-hmm. so fast. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, it does. Like, And these are the know, foundation years. Yeah. yeah. And those strategies in the moment are important. But as you said, like the long-term mm. stuff, going out with mm. some mums that have kids the same age and oh, actually so just good. being seen, being heard, mm-hmm able to mm. validate that what you're going through is completely normal yeah it's the biggest kind of regular like you go home and you feel like a different person yeah you know, so and much doing those things are so important uh-huh. mm. yeah mm. all right shall we move on to the next one let's, let's do, do it, it. okie dokes kids refusing to pack away their toys even if we make it fun assholes aren't they? <laughs> they're just assholes <laughs> Oh my god, I'm dealing with this with my three and a half year old and it's a little bit of a battle of the wheels at the moment, partly because I haven't been investing as much um, energy in following through. However, mm. in the last like week to two weeks, I'm like, nah, we're going to crack down on this because I actually know that you can do this and mm. you're being the second child <laughs> in the mm. house and getting yeah. away with murder, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we've actually just like started putting in some big boundaries about it. Um, initially we started, I kind of do like a bit of a fading away type, um, approach to this. Like you do the cars, I'll do the blocks or we even uh, the step before that is that we really try to reinforce with our kids that you can only have one thing out at a time Mm. for the most Mm. part, kind of depending. So it's like one thing in and one thing out. If you want the next thing, you need to go and pack that one away before you get the next thing. And that kind of a follow through is quite important and Mm. will will definitely help with the mess side of things. But um, the next part that I was just saying was, you know, we'll work together to pack away the things. And then you sort of kind of can fade it from there. But really ours has just been like a big, um, yep, cool. You can have the trains, but first you have to tidy away your blocks. And literally sometimes it can take an hour and I just keep coming back with that same message. 
I want the trains, I want the puzzles, I want that. I'm like, great, we'll get you another box of toys. But those ones have to go away first. And it's just a rinse and repeat. And mm. I'd have to say in the last few days, we've finally got him doing from woe to go. And I'm just like, yeah. I fucking knew you could do it. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I definitely find like with my kids, they do this a lot. I, I get a lot of, but it's too hard, but we can't, but like that sort of thing. And they'll sort of say to me, you know, we want to go for a swim. We want to do this. We want to do that. And I think people try and shy away from like the threats, right? Or the bribes, but you don't have mm-hmm. to word it that way. Mm-hmm. So we will be like, like a little bit like you caught. Yeah, sure. You can go for a swim, mm-hmm. but you need to pack up your shit first because it's it so different. Money. The energy of yeah. that is so different to a bribe though. Like a bribe to so me different. is like, like if you pack um, up your pack toys, up, I'll give so, you chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like it's, but you've, you've just put a boundary and you've you basically just use it first and then or when the toys are tidied away, then we can go for a swim. Like yeah. that's so smart. <laughs> yeah. And it. like, listen, you know, don't like, get me wrong. I've, we've all used bribes. All of us. Mm. It's like a go-to, right? Like Guilty. I find, I find myself. It's it's very hard, and I think we need to give this this space. It's really difficult to parent in a different way than what we were raised because those are the mm. thought patterns that are in our heads constantly. I was speaking to a client about this today, and she's just like, I just find it so hard to do this, and I was just like, you are doing this every day but every day you literally have to stop and think this is not stuff that is just you know your pre-programmed patterns Mm -hmm. this is stuff that you're choosing differently and it's hard but the fact that you are choosing like you know if every now and again you know nine times out of ten you're like when then but on the tenth time it's like hey if you go pick up your box I'm gonna give you chocolate okay (laughs) (laughs) I had never I had never done that before because I understand this whole world right so I had never done that before except the other night it was the first time I'd done it with my son and we had some snake lollies in the house and I had a friend over and we were just about to have a woman's circle and I was just like I can just see you teetering on the edge of like all that warfare about to be going down just to get you to you know do your jobs at the end of the night before they were going to bed and all the ladies were coming over and like I, I said right, go and do <laughs> x y and z go and do these and you can have a snake lolly fastest i've ever seen a fucking move he got a snake lolly and all was well in the world and i was like yeah. not even sorry that i did that <laughs> i think that a good like a well-placed bribe here and there is a mm-hmm. terrible thing like again i think the problem comes yeah the, the problem comes when we try and do something all the time, a hundred percent, and we don't give ourselves space for any movement. And that black and white in parenting, it just has no place. Except again, I've said this before, I'll say it again: don't give them crack. Hundred percent, no. Anything else? <laughs> if you know, if you have to bribe here and there because you just don't I have, have it in you. Oh, listen, you know, I don't have many, but that's one. If you've got, yeah, a couple of times where you're like, well, I'm not really proud of that, but shit, it worked. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, the the bribery side of things as well comes into that whole, um, if you're a good boy, you can have an ice cream. Well, Mm. like that's, that's destined for fucking failure. So just like avoid that shit, make it the Mm. when and then. And if you have to make the then a snake lolly for an occasion, then fucking do it. Like, yeah. yeah. Give yourself a break. You don't have to win. Yeah. You don't have to win every battle. Like you'll win the war. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. All J. All J. All right, next question. This is a good one. 
Mm. Getting getting your partner on board with your parenting style of being calm and understanding emotions instead of saying stop it, stop sooking. And this touches on, isn't it? This touches on obviously what we were talking about just before where this is our pre-programmed stuff. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't love generalizing based on gender, but But we do (laughs) here I go. A really good hard look though at how men have been raised. Like that's how they've Mm -hmm. been raised. They've been told that if they cry, that if they sook, they're soft. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Big boys don't cry. Yeah. Suck it. You'd be a man. Don't don't cry over that. Like blah blah blah. Like we were told, you know, Mm. go to your room, you know, stop being a sook. They got, yeah, you're soft. You're not a man if you cry. Like it was way more hectic Mm. for them. So I think that firstly, we do need to give them that space. And I'm not saying making excuses and saying that they're not capable of this because they are, but we do need to give them that space and be realistic about this situation and their patterns. If ours are bad, there's a 10 times worse. It's, Mm. it's terrible. And I think they've also been raised that feeling any emotion is just so shied away from, I know so many mums are triggered as hell. And, you know, sometimes we don't love the T word around here, but they're triggered by their children crying. They get upset. They get really emotional about Mm -hmm. it. They cannot handle Mm -hmm. it. And that leads to that really permissive parenting style, which we could probably do another podcast episode on, but that's, Oh, yeah. But, you know, we're kind of forced to deal with it. Right. And we do all the reading. We're the ones reading the Facebook forums and the Instagram posts, whereas dads don't really have to. So I find it goes one of two ways. Right. You know, my my husband is definitely way more patient with our kids and doesn't lose his shit as much as what I do. He also spends a lot less time with them. But he will, he used to, he's gotten a lot better. I will give him that, but he's, he used to, yeah, would like, oh, stop sucking, get up. You're fine. And I'd be like, Hey, no, actually. Yeah. yeah. I remember when our son was about, our first baby was about six months. Oh, I mean, he might've been a bit older than that actually. And he turned around and said something like that. Like, oh yeah, boys, oh, don't be soft. Boys don't cry or something. And I turned around, I was like, don't you ever say that to mm. my sons. Like never say that to but my sons. But until somebody's actually challenged on those things mm. and then given like another way of thinking about it, like giving them a, um, a mindset shift around it. Totally. Mm. People don't often realize that they're saying it or the no. gravity and the weight of those words that they have on no. a, a child, like a very impressionable mind. Like Everything Mm. that we are saying in our everyday life is creating an impression and our children are taking those impressions and creating their own stories about themselves. Mm. But based on the language and the stuff that we are saying around them, to them, in front of them, Mm -hmm. and that's, yeah, you know, fucking, yeah. Again, a whole nother story. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I think even just having that conversation about it's, it's more us that are uncomfortable with their hard feelings mm. than it is them. 100%. You know, they're happy yeah. to sit in it. They're fine to sit in it and they just need someone to sit with them. Yeah. So in terms yeah. of getting I'd also, them. I'd also, I was just going to say, I'd also say, just mm. book a consult. <laughs> because <laughs> honestly, at the end of the day, like when you have got both parents coming in with their yeah. version of what is going on and you can, mm-hmm. oh, well, for me, I can pull those layers back and go, okay, this is what's mm. kind of going on how about looking at it like this and here have some tools and some strategies to get through it. Mm. Um, it's like, it's not the deep 
layer work that probably needs to be done. But if they can start to see that those mindset shifts and changes and the strategies that they're using are actually creating some really positive progress in the family and in the behaviors Mm. and all the rest of it, then there might be more of a, um, what's the word, Um, motivation and willingness Mm. to to learn a bit more, to ask some more questions, all that kind of stuff. And in terms of, you know, Mm. how to get your partner on board with this stuff, firstly, Mm. you know, there's a few, there's a few like dot points that are coming to mind here. Firstly, I think it's really important to not have this conversation in the moment when you're livid Mm. and your kids are around. That is not the time and place. In that case, it it doesn't hurt to sort of say, hey, listen, I'd like you to remember this comment because I want to come back to it later. Um, I'd like to talk to you about this, you know, once everyone's calmed down and there's no children around and there's Mm. no interruptions, but also coming at it from a place of understanding emotions and patterns and things and sort of saying, Hey, listen, I don't know if you've considered this, but when you say this, it could potentially mean this to our child. And this, this literally goes for any type of communication in relationships. If you go hard and go, when you did this, you're going to fuck them up for life. And blah, blah, blah. Of course, they're going to get their back up. That's never going to go well. That's just, and, and it's what we do because we get angry, right? And because when it's our children, we're like mama bear and it's like, ah. Um, but honestly, a huge game changer in my household was rather than being in the moment, I would just say to my husband, hey, listen, this happened earlier and I didn't want to bring it up in front of the kids because we need to be a united front in front of the kids to the best of our abilities. Like every now and again, don't get me wrong. We'll have a bit of a snip at each other. We're definitely not perfect, but you know, we try to save those sorts of conversations for when the children aren't around because they don't need to hear it of us, you know, sitting there fighting and and arguing about who's right. You know, two very stubborn people get married and my goodness are the children the same, but just coming at it from a place of opening that conversation, not needing to be right, just saying, you know, hey, I've read this, I've read that, I've heard this, you know, I'd really prefer it if you changed your language around this. Could you maybe next time say this? Or could you maybe next time consider how you could say that differently? And they might be completely like clammed up. They may not even respond to it. But the next time, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to hear them say, yes, babe, I'm hearing what you're saying. You just need to get your point across. You don't need to keep ramming at home because the next time that that happens, you might find that they'll just say the thing that you suggested and then it's like oh Oh how do I manage to always bump my microphone (laughs) Courtney's talking away (laughs) I was like yabba 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 and then oh dear me anyway um fuck I can't even remember what I was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just about having some like open, yeah, having open lines of communication with your partner outside of those scenarios. And it's okay. I think if you have um, like a safe word, even between you and your partner, Mm, if you're seeing something play out and you're going, oh shit, I really don't feel good about this because, you know, feel good Mm. parenthood and all that. If I'm not, I'm not feeling good about this. um, I'm going to tag them out. I'm going to say, babe, can you go and grab me a cup of tea? And then you can kind of come in and smooth that kind of moment over potentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing that just came to me then has gone. 
that's okay. I'll um I'll interrupt you and hopefully you remember afterwards. But that that also having some sort of safe word like that helps you to tag them out without overstepping in front of them because the last thing that we want to yes. do is go to our children. You know, oh, daddy's not being very nice to you right now, is he? You know, he's doing this. You know, daddy, you shouldn't be saying that. Like that's just nah. no, don't do it because then it nah, just makes keep it simple. It's that power struggle between their parents and they're watching that. So what the fuck do you think they're going to do next time you don't you do something they don't like? If you're getting in power struggles Fully. with your kids, like yeah, divide <laughs> and conquer. Look, a hundred percent. So you know, if you can see that they're struggling, um, you know, just yeah, tag them out in a nice way. Yeah, hey, can you just go do this? Can you go do X? And later on, oh, that was my other thought. I just there had, we go. back to that whole idea of like feel good parenthood was like, mm. and just kind of like framing it to your partner. Does that feel good for you to say? Mm. Like, does it feel good for you to go stop it, stop sucking? Does mm. that make you feel good as a parent? Yeah. Does it make your son feel good? Do you know yeah. what I mean? So just kind of like a bit of a reframe around that too. Emma yeah. had to dash off. Is all okay, Emma? <laughs> Can't hear you, Emma. Oh, your microphone's not on. <laughs> Oh <laughs> we've just had my, my microphone <laughs> shall we just move on to the next one while you sort your shit out let's yeah let's do it and if emma just like randomly smashes into the conversation uh, with a testing one two three <laughs> okay the next one we've got three left four and a half year old is still calling out for mum for comfort several times throughout the night banger this is a banger now it seems like I've lost everybody so I might just no. keep going yeah, <laughs> oh, no. yeah. yep um oh, yeah this is this is a good Record question. podcast on a Monday night guys whose oh, idea is this we're doing so good we're so professional oh good if you're still yeah. with us thank you you know just enjoy <laughs> enjoy the anarchy <laughs> how good so it's unfortunate that Emma's microphone isn't working because yeah, I feel like so she, much she can offer it's so much she could offer on this. Um, so she's we'll just, just going to start chat, chat typing her answers to us. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one definitely. One I think day to has, work. There we go. She's there. <laughs> she's there. <laughs> Oh my like god! I'm just working my kids up, then screaming at that loud. Uh, okay, Emma, do you want to take this one? I feel like you've been a little quiet. <laughs> Four and a half year old still calls out to mum's for comfort several times throughout the night. What do you got to say? Yeah, so I suppose the first thing for this is probably um, really trying to get in front of it. Um, if they're still calling out for comfort during the night, for me, like, and I say it, I feel like it's something that I'm like on rinse and repeat all the time is mm. you need to fill two cups during the day. One's control and one's connection. And if mm. they're still mm. calling out for comfort all through the night, their connection cup is not full. It's mm-hmm. just not. Oh. Um I love that. Sorry, not sorry. But we've all, like, we've all been mm. there. Like, and, you know, mm. fuck, like it's still, it, you know, it'll still happen from time to time yep. regardless, like with development, with all of the things. But if this is happening on the norm, then I would say day-to-day life is too much and it's too busy and your kid's struggling. Mm. Yeah. Oh, drop. Like I, actually, I was going to say, um, it's been a thought actually that's been in my mind and it's like a thing again in these gentle parenting circles and attachment circles where it's like, um, you know, your child is behaving the way that they're behaving because they feel safe with you. 
Mm. And yes, I agree with this to a point, but mm. also within that is, it's like that whole circle of security um, theme where it's like the being able to let your child go out and also mm. welcome them kind of coming into you. And if mm. you are so tight, tightly holding onto and into your child and not giving them space for autonomy and independence. Mm. And then there's that counter, what is that? That codependence kind of starts to creep yeah. into the relationship because you mm -hmm. as the parent needs your, I need my child and you get that needy energy about you. Mm -hmm. Then is that a secure attachment? I would argue no. No. I would oh. say that's not secure. Yep. So well, we just opened up a real yeah. You know, and, and I reckon, there, but anyway, <laughs> it was probably one of the biggest. It was it it was a light bulb moment to me, and I suppose like for the work that we do, it's something that we read about a lot. So it wasn't a huge mm. slap in the face, but doing circle of security and then going over the fact that a lot of separation anxiety pens from mum not mm. from the child and that the mm -hmm. child picks up on mm. your separation anxiety that 100%. was a real like fuck that's yeah. big and and once you see it you can't unsee it and now you start mm. to see mums that are really really anxious about dropping their kids off and you're like fuck of course they're anxious they're mm. like where are you going yeah. are you going to die like yeah. what's yeah. happening when you yeah. get for childcare for you to be freaking out so much yeah like, yeah, yeah so true yeah and i know so that's kind of opened a whole lot, a lot of can like yeah, yeah can that's another words, but what you said like mm. it's like <laughs> yeah. connection um filling up the connection cup and the yeah. control cup and mm, yeah regulating it's, your own stuff around it yeah it's look it's a big topic that again I feel like would be yet another podcast episode <laughs> um when we're struggling guys we just remember to go back and listen through but um remember to pause at like 30 minutes in when Courtney screams um <laughs> but, look in terms of this one Another one I think that gets thrown around a lot in the whole attachment parenting thing that we need to remember is that past the age of about one, attachment isn't about touch as much as it is about tuning into your child and knowing mm. those connection-based based activities that make them feel loved mm. and what fills their cup and things like that. And I think that that's where like the whole attachment parenting phrase has done parents real dirty where they think oh yeah. it means being being with them 24 7 and that I'm not allowed to leave mm -hmm. and realistically that's not what it is at all no mm -hmm. and it's you know again not poo-pooing your style of parenting or if that's how you mm -hmm. and your child are happy cool beans but we also don't have any context for this question. Like this, at the end of the day, like we've got a one-liner. And so mm. if we end up completely off some beaten traffic, you're welcome to hit us Sorry, in the yeah. DMs with a little bit more info. <laughs> totally. I think it's also, it's important to remember that every child is different. Every situation is different. Every parent is different. You know, your, your family changes every time a new child comes along. You know, mm. there's, there's always shifts in dynamics and in terms of like the prep sorry before mm. this goes from my brain Steph the things that they can do practically I suppose to support mm. that those comfort mm. levels through the night would be looking at a nightlight comfort mm. items like teddies dolls mm -hmm. um, a bedful <laughs> yeah. uh, what, what? the bedful 
Yeah. Oh, at that age, eh? They just love yeah. putting. I laugh when I see people tonight. saying, "Don't, don't yeah. give them more than two toys." I'm like, I can barely find my son in his bed. Yeah, but he sleeps. Oh, so he loves so cute. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No. Um. Also, maybe even like kind of reading some stories about bedtime. Um really focusing on like the connection and the conversations that you're having as part of those wind down routines, really oh, making creating sure that hello and goodbye. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. See you in the morning as opposed to good night. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait to see you in the morning, you know, those kinds of things. Um, yeah. I'd also I'm be sure interested to know with this one, how they do go at things like childcare or when they're being mm. dropped to other people or when they're being left with dad or, or whatever I'd be interested to know if there's still issues there or if it is just around bedtime because then that would change it again yeah the advice that we give so again this this advice is general in nature and we recommend that you are book in for a consult if you're (laughs) for more personalized we're not giving medical advice yeah but all right, um, Em, do you want to start us off on the next one how long have we been going anyway like it's been a while it's like it's 10.30 here in New Zealand, 10.30 at night. <laughs> Look, I don't know what time we started after all this fucking audio. Um, oh. But anyway, how do you get childcare on side with sleep? It seems like they're too busy to follow a schedule. Honestly, if your childcare centre or your childcare in general is not willing to look at your child as an individual, find a new fucking centre. Oh, that's I said it. it. Look, I... <laughs> I agree to an extent, M, but I think we do need to give credit where credit is due, where we've got, you know, potentially like you've got one adult on four kids, especially if we're talking a nursery age child and they're doing two to three naps a day. And again, we don't know how this child settles. Like it does depend on all of that sort of stuff too. Um. I, I absolutely agree that some child cares are ridiculous. Like don't even get mm. me started yeah. on the ones that refuse yeah. to wake them up because it's withholding basic care. Like, oh, honestly, mm. that sends me into rages. I've sent so many angry emails about that. But anyway, but I think we need to kind of let go of what we can, con- what we can't control and take back what we can. So if we know that our child generally sleeps like shit at daycare, then you need to have your night organized to get that child into mm. bed early because it's same thing. Nothing annoys me more than when a parent says to me, I just can't get them into bed because, you know, by the time we get dinner organized and we do showers, dude, you need to be able to like get home, dinner, bath, bed, get them into bed as soon yeah. as possible. Now get some beds, boo. <laughs> yeah, legit. Like get McDonald's on the way home if you have to, you know, like <laughs> nothing wrong with a few with a few Mickey D nuggets. Yeah, and I do, and I do agree. I do agree, and I think that we do have to, like, we definitely have to lower our expectations around what is going to happen around a nap schedule at childcare. Um, Mm. But then I have also seen the complete flip side, as you said, where they're like, they will not wake them up, Mm. like, and it is just a constant shit show. Um, That's a total different story. And and I've been, I've been varies with your chains, but some of them are fucking awful yeah yeah Yeah. I've been both sides of this coin so I know what it's like to be in the educator role with this and I know Mm. what it's like to be in the parent role and I also actually know how what it's like to be in the sleep consultant role so Mm. it's um over to you I yeah I appreciate (laughs) like I appreciate for daycare centers that 
they are actually there are a few regulations around what kind of a sleep environment that yeah. they can set up um so you're not likely mm. to get a pitch black room you're likely to probably yeah. have lullaby music because they're still not quite on board with this white noise thing um mm. yes there is a lot of kids going on there's a lot of there's a lot of movement going around like there's stuff mm. on and off the floor all the time like mm-hmm. um yeah. everything is constantly changing in an early childhood like there's it's it's a a non-structured place as, as such like it's a play play led environment yeah whereas when you kind of come into like traditional schooling it's so different right yeah but as a mum, i knew that things weren't great and weren't going to be great with sleep mm-hmm. and on like steph said like on those days the priority was just making sure that my little man because my daughter didn't really have to go into that kind of a setting um very much but yeah for those days that he was not having great sleep it was straight into bed pretty much as soon as as soon as actually able and that just meant that his night sleep wasn't so shitty um we did that the bath became a flannel yeah (laughs) yeah yeah totally like and and it's only for a time right it's it's Mm. this is not going to be your life for the rest of your life this is just for a time you're just getting through a a hoop a loop or whatever But um, the other thing I would say is depending on the center, because I know that there are incredible centers out there and mm-hmm. incredible staff out there, um, that really it's about going to the right person. So starting with your head teacher in that classroom and having a conversation with them. If yeah. you've got paperwork to back you up, like you've worked with a sleep consultant, give them the paperwork and say, this yeah. is what we're trying to work on at the moment because these are the outcomes that we've got at home. And we know this isn't good for his development or blah, blah, whatever. It's not good for anybody in our family. And we really mm-hmm. need you guys to support us. They are actually bound under National um, Quality Standards for Educators, NQS, in Australia, you are bound by NQS. You have to be listened to. So I have sent one too many clients with those um, with those descriptors from the NQS saying, yeah. you need to show this to the um, head person. If they don't listen to you, you go to the manager and you have those conversations. Um, mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, and just do it right. Do it right, right from the beginning. Follow the yeah. appropriate process. Don't be the nagging person because otherwise mm-hmm. that will annoy them. Then they'll bite back further. So you're better mm-hmm. to just go, first I'll speak with you. Can you work with me on it? Great, can we trial this for maybe two or three weeks? Mm-hmm. If it doesn't work, that's cool. Move up the chain and go and do the next thing. And yeah, mm-hmm. lean on the national quality standards. I don't know if there's actually anything similar here in New Zealand, to be fair. It's good to yeah, know for Australia. It's, I mean, it's my childcare days are yeah. nearly done, but it's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it yeah. was, it, yeah, it was something that I had to um, know because I was working not in early childhood as in like daycares, but early childhood as in because the school system over there is a little bit different. So you'd have sometimes mm. three-year-old, three-year-olds in classrooms. So we had to be all over that kind of stuff. Um, and children, yeah. all children have the right to rest and to sleep, yeah. mm. you know, and all those kinds of things. So, mm. yeah. It's also, you know, I, I don't necessarily, you know, when, when you when you go and tour the centre and obviously being aware of the fact that there is a real shortage of daycare spots at the moment, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're being aware of that and some Where are all the people just, coming from? I don't know. They're COVID babies. COVID babies. COVID yeah. yeah. Maybe. Oh, my God. Um, right, but, maybe that's a business we need to go into, guys. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no take you. Absolutely not. Um, you daycare workers, childcare workers, anybody yeah. who works with children, you're Heads goddamn off. saints. Oh my goodness. But 
you know, helping, helping the daycare center. Yeah. With things like walking in with routines, helping them, you know, don't walk into a daycare center. And honestly, this may be a little bit bitchy, but don't walk into a daycare center and say like, Hey, yeah, I, um, struggle to get my baby to sleep for an hour and a half and I bounce him. And then I wander around singing Kumbaya in exactly C minor. And then you have to like, you know, place the flat. Like if your child is that difficult to get to sleep, and I'm not saying that this child is, Mm. but you know, if, if you're making it really difficult at home, can you maybe start to move towards, you know, helping them? Like, I'm not necessarily saying that you have to get themselves settling, but maybe giving them some other tools and strategies to help them to settle to sleep so that Mm. other people are able to do it. And like, don't, you know, don't be that guy and I will die on this hill. Do not be that guy who has been the massive control freak. Nobody else is allowed to put my baby to sleep and then put them in a setting where they don't know where Mm. they are. They don't know these people. Like get them used to falling asleep with other people because putting them into that setting where they've never fallen asleep for anybody but mom and they've always fed to sleep or whatever, putting them in that situation where they don't know these people and it's a foreign environment, it's a foreign place and their room isn't like it is normally and expecting them to sleep like, bro, that's mm. that's putting a lot of fucking pressure on a baby. It's not fair. <laughs> I'd also <laughs> like to I'd also like to preface this with saying that kids are pretty good at code switching. Yes. Not with being able to do such extremes necessarily. And it, again, mm. it would depend totally on the child and the temperament mm. and all of those yes. things. But kids are fairly good um code switches. So usually like even if it's going really well at home, you know, maybe just with some time things will go and they will mm. settle for them at daycare because they do learn that things they are do. different in different environments, you know. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Shall we? Last right. one. We the are. Last the last it one's is, a heavy one. It yeah. is. We're going to hit the last question and it is a heavy one. So I really hope that our audio holds out because it is Shall we? really. Let's let's put a trigger warning on this one, guys. We yeah. are talking yes. about stillbirth here. So if yeah. that is a trigger for you, please tune out. Um, thank you for yeah. joining us this far. Yes, yes. Um, And I think it is a conversation that we do need to have and it is something Mm. that we have all talked about, the importance of it, I guess, being talked about more. But the question that has come in is how do you keep the focus or keep the importance on your postpartum recovery after a stillbirth and when you haven't brought your baby home? Mm. And it's like it gives me goosebumps it's just oh, something oh, that yeah. no it's unimaginable no yeah. no parent wants to consider it no parent wants to even have the conversation but the truth is women are going through this every day and six they don't babies have, a day in australia yeah and they don't have anyone <sighs> to have these conversations with and yeah. regardless of whether you take that baby home or not the changes in your body the strain the stress on your body physically as well as what your body is going through emotionally and mentally to then add on top of that probably Mm. one of the hardest forms of grief that you are Mm. ever going to go through is what's happening in your body and I think Mm. the number one thing you need to do is surround yourself with people that understand what you're going through and it doesn't mean that they Mm. have been through it personally but that they will honour what you are walking through and that they will stand by your side. Yeah. 
definitely kicking anybody and to this to the to the mum that sent this in I'm so sorry mm. like I'm yeah. so sorry so that's just love. oh so much love it's just such an awful thing to have happened and I'm so sorry that mm. you're experiencing it um I, I this is this is a topic that's actually very close to my heart um a, a good friend of mine a few years ago experienced a stillbirth at 37 weeks and and you mm. know I was quite quite close to her through we organized some fundraisers and things um and I think I, le- I learned a lot from her in terms yeah. of you know like I mean obviously how she handled it would be different to the next person and the next person and the next person but mm. I loved how she handled it actually she was about to go on maternity leave she took her maternity leave yeah because you're in, entitled to it you are entitled to it you are in touch she took a full year to yeah. to grieve and to go through because your your body doesn't understand that there's no baby so it's no. still it still tries to lactate and it's still got the hormones and it's mm. still you literally go through all of that sort of stuff mm-hmm. you are still postpartum yeah you're you still are. postpartum and you know mm. what and if she's listening that mum I just want to say fucking go you because yeah. it is mm. so hard to make that decision to honor yourself and to honor your body Mm. and not give in to this bounce back just get on with it culture mm. it's hard like mm. it's you know you feel I think so your guilty process of recovery yeah your process of recovery is actually I would argue even more important absolutely mentally you had 100% yeah way more important and having and having and holding that space for you to be able to do that in all of the ways that feel most aligned I suppose is the word the most Mm -hmm. aligned ways that you can do that process and with the support around you um I think the better your outcomes are going to be down the track because if you're going through this and you're trying to push it down push it away move past it get on with it yeah yeah Yeah. faster than faster than then you should. I don't like to use the word should, mm. but yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, because it's going to look different, of course, for everybody, but mm. you having that space um, and that time to really honor that part of your physical journey as much as the next, the next thing is your emotional, your spiritual, your mm-hmm. mental journey. Mm-hmm. I think if you were to rush through that process and get to the other side of it, um, it might not be as healing for you either, would it? No, I don't know. no. Um, no, I think energetically, mm. and, and and it's so hard to even say it with this sort of thing, like, you know, but they say, you know, you have to feel it to heal it. And I think if yeah, for something like this, I get that, especially in, in the raw and in the moment, it's hard to sit and feel it. Um, mm. But there's just, there's no other way it's, through it. Do you know what I mean? You no. can't, it's, it's almost like a bear hunt. You can't go around it. You can't go over it like, mm. or it's just going to keep on coming back. Mm. And I think really choosing those people to have around you that mm. will allow you the space to be, you know, be seen, be heard, to 100%. witness you in that and to hold you wholeheartedly in that yeah. mm-hmm. to really allow you to move through those emotions is the only way I think you could ever even partially get to a place where it's not as raw and as painful you know I I think about my mum my mum had a um a miscarriage before she had me so just over 40 years ago about 42 years ago she still wells up talking about it 
Like it's just not something that's going to go away ever, Um, particularly if you don't allow yourself a chance to feel it. But I also think physically you have to remember that your body has still been growing a baby you know that that placenta yeah. has still detached all of those physical things have still bizarre happened reality that would be yeah, yeah bizarre yeah but uh, my my other thought around this as well is that um that you need to be quite a strong advocate for yourself at this point and if you absolutely. feel you can't advocate for yourself get somebody in who is willing to listen to you listen to you fully and advocate on your behalf and that mm. might even mean having those hard conversations without you being around but yeah. knowing that your voice and your what you need to share is being shared and shared properly yeah. um and the other thought i had as well was just around the whole communication thing is you might not know what you need right now, maybe like mm. ever in going through this process, but if there's even a little inkling of, of something that you need, you need to communicate it. Like yeah. don't bury that down. Don't expect people to guess because people don't know how to deal with this shit. Like, no, people they don't. don't want to deal with this shit and there's no malice or intent or anything behind no. it. But if you are able to give an indication of what you think you need to mm. help people, just tell yeah. them. You yeah. Know? And people may not be aware as well, but so a lot more people are aware now of having birth doulas, mm. but mm. a lot of doulas are end of life doulas as well. Mm. A lot of doulas are wow. trained around stillbirth. They're trained in supporting you through oh, wow. going through that stillbirth process. So mm. they are definitely people that you can reach out to. And there's still, um, you've got organizations like Still Aware and cope.org who specialize in these kind of grief services for mothers as well yeah Yeah. it's it's definitely it's it's a hard one that you know honestly again it's so unique depending on the parents going through this situation about like how to keep how to keep it important you know god it's so hard to just say you know you just have to because it's just it's impossible Mm. it is impossible Mm. I think just honoring yourself yeah trying not to keep everybody else happy and people pleasing Mm -mm. and just if you just need to lay in bed and scream and cry all day do that Mm. just just do that just give yourself space to get through one minute at a time, one hour at a time, one day at a time, one night at a time. No expectation, eh? No expectation no. around what this needs to look like because this Especially, is so personal to you. And and yeah. not just in the early days, but in the the days that follow and the milestones. Like the I know for mm. for my friend, every every event or you know, holiday or or things like mm. that that they went through without their little girl it was really hard. And even now, I mean, she would have been three a couple of weeks ago and still even, yeah. And, and she said to me, she's like, yeah, it just still, it hurts so much. And I was just like, fuck man. Mm. Like, it's just, you're so strong to get through it. And I, and I hate, I hate saying things like that too, because like, they don't have a fucking choice. No. Yeah. And that sucks. Like you don't have mm. a choice, but cause she had two other children as well. So she had no choice. Like she was dealing with her grief mm. plus her six and three year olds grief too, mm. because their little sister didn't come home. Like it was just so much for her. So it's just, just the compounding be- of it. 
so much. Yes. Yeah, mm. so just be, be so kind to yourself. Yeah. So kind to yourself, like do, do what you need in that moment. And if you don't know what that looks like, that's okay. Yeah. It's so okay. Mm. And I think when we're looking at postpartum recovery, but, but also just the journey that you're, you're embarking on. And I'm so sorry, cause what a, yeah. what an awful journey to have to embark on, but finding Mm. finding the right people to support you and and looking for you know people like counselors or yeah grief grief counselors or grief doulas and and looking at them and sort of deciding if they're the person to help you long term and if they actually get like if you connect with them and it's so okay if it takes you five ten twenty different appointments to find that person who is going to help but I think just uh, and again I, I don't like using the word shoulds but maybe maybe you don't have to do this alone there is people out there, organizations out there. I'm sure that there are people in your life that that just want to help and just want to be there for you. Um, mm. And I, yeah, again, from from the bottom of my heart, I'm honestly just so sorry. It just it's mm. it sucks. There's no reason yeah. for things like this. It's just yeah. it sucks. Just sucks. Yeah, it really does. Mm. Well, um, we, uh, yeah, we we're sending love most but, definitely to you and to your family and. And yeah, to anyone yeah, else who's been through this, friends, yeah, absolutely. Oh God, it's so heavy, so, so heavy. heavy. God, what a, what a, what a note to end on. This has been. Mm. All right, guys. Well, all right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for the grand finale, or or not grand finale, season finale <laughs> of the Feel Good <laughs> Parenthood. We're not, we're not going anywhere, guys. Sorry. <laughs> not just yet Um, not just yet (laughs) you get to put up with our tech issues for another another term at least but we will be back after we have finished battling our children for the school holidays um Mm -hmm. we started today and it's our day one of three weeks and my goodness gracious me it's gonna be um (gasps) three glorious weeks glorious i'm so excited (laughs) listen i i love them dearly but i also recognize that i'm a much better mum when i get time away from them Oh, 100%. I think we can all relate to that. My mum's offered to have my two for a couple of nights and I was like, "Uh, yes, Uh, I think that sounds exactly like what I need. Beautiful. Sign me up. Absolutely. (laughs) Awesome. All right, guys, we will catch you on the flip side. We will. Thank you for listening if you've made it this far. Ciao, ciao. Yeah. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Bye. Bye. We hope this episode has encouraged the shit out of you. If you have loved it as much as we've loved recording it, then rate our show, screenshot, share, and tag us. And you can find us at feelgoodparenthood underscore on Instagram. See you next time.